previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. Let's meet the kitties. All right, so the mother's name is Maggie, which is actually, despite the fact that it could be a Tony connection, she just kind of looks like a Maggie. The babies were all born right at the end of Wimbledon, so they have tennis names. The two boys are are Roger and Raphael, and then the two girls are Naomi and Coco. Oh my gosh. Now see, these are the deep dives that the Littles need to know out there. This is the reason we're having you on the podcast. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Littles. No third wheel today, Roxy. Nope, just me and you. Sorry to disappoint all the listeners, just just the two of us. Yep. Uh, Roxy, the Olympics are here. They're here. I know Roxy's excited. I'm very excited. Um, I haven't really kind of grasped onto the concept yet, except for when I go to try to watch my programs that I tape. As we all know, I watch a ton of TV. And now the entire DVR is filled. Filled with Olympic events. Roxy's, (laughs) yeah, she's taping everything. Yeah, I didn't realize it was going to come out that way. I thought it was going to be one little square that you click on and you can cycle through. No, 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 no. it's like 20 squares. Each individual (laughs) event. I mean, I just have to go to the bottom and find my shows, but it's okay. I mean, I'll probably click on some of them. Well, you're also around in the evenings. I am. During prime time, and I'm not. Right. So some of these you've probably already seen. Yeah, Um, I'm still trying to get the hang of when to watch events because the other night I was watching the figure skating and then it went back to the beginning of the figure skating events. And I I thought, well, I already saw this, what's happening, but it's it's just what they're doing. And I'm getting educated because I came home the other night and she was watching ice dancing. Ice dancing. Which is different. It's very different. There's none of those triple sow cows, quadruple loop toe Yeah, but there pick is, things. what do you call them? The twirly twirls? The twizzles. The twizzles. I love the twizzles. <laughs> The twizzles. <laughs> They're so fun. I have no idea what that is. I don't know. It looks very similar to... The difference between ice dancing and figure skating is ice dancing is more of a ballroom-esque feel, whereas figure skating is you've got the tricks and the flips and the very... I mean, ice dancing is technical too, but it's a very different type of technique. Okay. Yeah. You've and lost me. You lost I love me the ballroom, ice dancing and I love ballroom. the twizzles. You know, you've got twizzles and ice dancing. You don't have twizzles and figure skating. So there you go. That's the difference. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Well, it's here. What's your favorite event? Um, It changes. I have a few favorites. I like to watch some curling. I like to watch the figure skating and ice dancing. I love to watch the ski jump. Right. Yeah. The ski jump is really fun. I grew up watching Peekaboo Street. She was a ski jumper. Oh, okay. I, was yeah. like, I thought that was some kid yeah, show. Yeah, back in the 90s. Would you say Peekaboo Street? Her name is Peekaboo Street. Okay. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. That's yep. on me. I, I had no <laughs> idea. Now, spoiler alert, was it on PTI list last week where Tony said that the ski jump is not nearly as high as it yeah. looks? Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of bummed about that. Yeah. Apparently, if you like, see it live, spoiler alert. well, but we see it on TV, so it looks yeah. great and it looks really high. The likelihood that we would see it live, yeah. I mean, it would have to be here in the state somewhere. Well, um, it wouldn't have to be, but but we, well, that would be we the easiest travel. way. Well, maybe not this year, but yeah, you know, right, non-COVID right. related. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And there's a new event you might fall in love with this year, and that is the single, s- the single solo bobsled. Solo bobsled. What's that about? I don't get it. I don't know. It's one person getting in the bobsled. Been on I wonder down. if they're going to now like make a Cool Runnings too. One of the guys. Ah, like you know, breaks, branches off. Branches and off. Interesting. They get in a fight. He goes solo. That could be cool. Or all four of them compete separately. 
they're see all you. mad at each they're other. They're all mad at each other. They go. And then know. they go gold, silver, bronze, honorable mention. Well, I don't think you could have that many participants from the same country. Really? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know the <laughs> rules, Roxy. I mean, you're, you're talking to like, I mean, hello. Anyone out there ever compete in bobsledding in the Olympics you, that know the rules specifically? There um, should be snow tubing. Snow tubing? Yeah. Snow but, tubing is fun. Oh, to they see how fast you can that. go down the hill? I guess. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. But anyway, we're going to like jump right into our tiny little suggestion. And this wasn't written in specifically for our tiny little suggestion, but, and no promises, Rich Ottinger, but this could happen. We'll see. But our tiny little suggestion is to go to upstate New York. If you're from New York or in the upstate area, go try curling. Okay. He posted this thing that they're doing at the Albany Curling Club. Yes, that's a thing, as we've heard. If you don't know anything about it, search that out this month on February 18th to the 20th, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then Tuesday, February 22nd, and then Wednesday, which is my night off, Roxy, on February 23rd, we could actually go upstate and try some curling. (gasps) It's an Olympic open house, they're calling it. So it's at the Albany Curling Club in upstate New York. And look it up. You would love it. I think, I think I think that would be really fun. I think that Chuck, you and I should learn how to curl and enter ourselves to be a mixed doubles at the Olympics. Yeah. I feel like our level of fitness is perfect for <laughs> curling. And Okay. You, I'm not quite sure what that means. You've got the strategic brain. Uh-huh. And I can sweep. And okay. I don't know. I think well, we then can, why don't I think you sweep around really here, Roxy? Well. I always been the one sweeping around here. No, I sweep, kidding. you vacuum. That's true. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. I did want to want to give a, a separate little plug here because we got some really good feedback on a couple of our recent songs we played. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, Eric Barnes wrote in and said your podcast has had many great songs, but this song. One cup of coffee too many is my favorite. Yeah, it was pretty good. Jenny Robbins also wrote in saying fabulous song. Now, this was, of course, by Jeff Schiller. And again, he's at HoundDogSchiller.com if you want to look him up. And I highly recommend you do this. And, you know, our latest episode we heard from Loyal Little, the great Jason Fuse. Mm -hmm. Littles. I don't know how many times I can say this, and I, I don't want to keep preaching, but being independent artists ourselves, that's why we're doing this. And I'm telling you, head on over to iTunes. Head over to wherever you buy your music. What's the other one? Is Spotify. it Spotify, I guess? I know that's a little controversial now. but Oh, right, I guess. But well, head over to iTunes. Give us a rate and review. Mm-hmm. And then while you're over there, no, um, <laughs> no, really, I think people don't realize like, oh, it's only 99 cents. What's the big deal? Right. Well, trust me, if just even half our listeners went and clicked on buy that song, if you you know if you like the song, I'm not mm-hmm. saying if you don't like it, don't buy it. But if you like the song, go over and buy it. I'm telling you, you will bring the biggest smile to their faces. Yep. Because those do add up. Yep. Okay. Yep. There's also so. Apple Music, which I haven't quite figured out yet. So I'm sure you can get this music on that through a subscription and all of that. Right. So I mean, we're um, just happy you're enjoying them. Yeah. And, you know, but like I said, if you can, it's a dollar sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's a little more. I don't know, mm-hmm. honestly, how much, depending on which right. streaming service or whatever you want to call it you're on. Right. But yeah. I'm sure they'd really enjoy it. All right, Roxy. Well, let's get into some of these other emails and notes we got. We heard from Brendan in Jersey, and he says, Ritz talking about the combined chorus band concert took me back to high school. Though we were unfortunately much more fickle about lyrics, had to change the first verse of Bohemian Rhapsody, which I did not like. I say, if you can't sing the lyrics as written, just don't do it. 
Absolutely. Yep. My big saying is if you can't do it right, don't do it at all. And that's big for me in like community theaters and stuff. Yeah. The big one for that that comes up for me is grease. There's so much of grease that high schools (laughs) take out. And that's fine. I get it. But then why are you doing well, Grace? Like I mean, it's a good ensemble show. It's a yeah. good, like, Well, and the young, kids usually love it. Right. So they're excited and right. you want them to be excited. But it's like watching Breakfast Club on TNT. Yeah. You know? Flip you. <laughs> Flip, Flip you. you, man. Okay. Uh, he also says, also MASH is an all-time rewatchable movie for me, ironically, because it's so episodic. I do love the show as well, but the original novel Everything is Based on is apparently not very good. Now, here's the button. And there was a stage version at some point as well. What? Right? Now, Roxy, how did we not know about that? Well, I don't really... MASH was not a show or right, movie. Neither. I didn't even know it had a movie that I was interested in. Yeah. So. I mean, I knew about the movie, but I did not know it. We're going to have to figure something. We're yeah. going to have to find out about this. Now, it doesn't <laughs> surprise me because I remember being on the tour bus on the Annie Get Your Gun tour, reading in the trade paper about the upcoming auditions for Titanic the musical. Right. And we were like, what? I'm sorry. Whose stupid idea was this? I felt the same way about Rocky at one point, mm-hmm. too. And uh, we, we'll get into that another time. And then we heard more about the lyrics, right? Yes. This is from Mike Wolf. And he says, sometimes TV show themes have lyrics so that someone can get paid. According to the Wikipedia page for the theme from The Tonight Show, Anka said he then offered to let Carson write and publish new lyrics in order to claim a songwriter's credit, along with half of the royalties every time the song was played, which would earn each man an average of about $200,000 per year. Whoa. Wow. That okay. actually makes a lot of sense that you would to give... Yeah, more people employment and right, and right money stuff. yeah yeah that's interesting mm-hmm. but then I didn't know you, that. but then you wonder why they don't use them on the show anyway and then we got feedback about our recent guest we did from moselle mississippi that's right chris davenport wrote in and said josh was an excellent guest and sounded exactly how i thought he would Oh, yeah. I guess that's a compliment. That's great. I don't know. I love that. But this was like so exciting for us because we didn't even know until we talked to him that he basically had never met any of the Littles before. Yeah. Not even Don Hammock down there. Uh-huh. And then we heard from Jenny Robbins, and she says, Oh, my stars. After all these years, I can finally put a voice to Josh Cromwell, formerly Moselle, Mississippi. Great interview. And my favorite part about that one is, Roxy, I read that when it came in, and all I had to say was, oh, my stars, and you said... (laughs) Jenny Robbins. (laughs) Right. So that was great. Then in regards to the interview, we heard from Oz the Great and what I'm saying, Susical today, because he wrote, you guys don't like Goober Grape? It's delicious, and Goober Strawberry is even better. On a sandwich, on a spoon, have it at noon. So good, it'll make you swoon. That's clever. I tried to do that as best I could there. All right. Oz. And yeah, I don't know how I feel about that because actually Josh commented back on that and he said, yes, I like the jelly refrigerated and the peanut butter room temperature. So weird blending aside, goober grape means I'd have to be disappointed by half the sandwich, either cold peanut butter or warm jelly. Mm. Now, I am exactly like that. Yeah. I like my jelly chilled. Right. Peanut butter room temperature. Now, I've heard of people putting peanut butter in the refrigerator because I guess it lasts longer. Yeah, we used to do that Mm -mm. growing up. But, well, it's easier to spread at room temperature. Oh, right. Absolutely. Right. But now I rip the bread up. Right. But now I fear we're getting into butter talk again because people are going to say, well, if you like your peanut butter at room temperature, easier to spread. Why don't you like your butter at room temperature, easier to spread? (laughs) Roxy, why would you open that? Butter belongs in the fridge. Why would you open that door? (laughs) Butter belongs in the fridge. Peanut butter 
eh, either way, I preferred room temperature. All right, a couple quick more before we get to our Meet the Littles guest. We heard from Patrick Smith, Smitty mm-hmm. Scoop, and uh, pressure's on. Pressure is on, Roxy. He says, I am taking my daughter, Lauren, to Lake Placid for a hockey tournament next week. The plan is to stop at Tino's in Oneana to try a slice of cold cheese pizza. Ooh. I am skeptical, but I am willing to try based on your recommendation. This okay. better not be a crunchy peanut butter mistake. Oh, no. <laughs> So I don't know what to say. Just make sure you do it right. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. Yeah, do it right. Not you personally, but make sure you order it the right way. And they do it right for yeah, you. Yeah, like I said, I can't, if you get like a garbage pizza or even just, I don't know, anything. I'm just saying cheese pizza or maybe a slice of pepperoni. That's as far as I've ever gone. I love it. Make sure you eat it right away. Mm-hmm. The so cheese will melt. Otherwise, the cheese melts. If you wait like 10, 15 minutes, it's just like having extra cheese. Right. So actually, I don't see where that's a bad thing. Yeah. So I don't think, it's, I don't think you're going to go wrong either way. Right. I really don't. Right. You might not love it, but I don't think you're going to hate it yeah. by any means. So, And then finally, Roxy, we got an email. And this is funny because I've not read this to Roxy yet. She, had, she knows nothing about this, but it was addressed to both of us. Okay. It says, Chuck and Roxy, I enjoyed your interview with Steve LePoe. Steve is my older brother. And there was one part of your interview which needs to be addressed. As he discussed, he has been to many sporting events as part of his past jobs. The two Super Bowls, five Masters, Monday Night Football, and other events he didn't mention like some Final Fours and Bear games. That was not on the form either. Bury the lead. Also, your brother? Yeah. The event I am writing about that needs to be addressed is the Cubs World Series Game 3 that he went to. As he mentioned on your podcast, he went with our mom and our sister. Well, what could be so wrong with that, you ask? While I can't blame him for taking my mom, while a fair-weathered fan, she is enthusiastic and cheers wildly when the Cubs are winning. It was somewhat of a sports injustice that he took my sister, who knows very little about sports and also cares very little about sports, instead of taking my other brother, Dave, who is a diehard Cubs fan. I am a Sox fan, so I couldn't have cared less. Steve... I I find that very hard to believe. (laughs) Steve also took our sister to both Super Bowls and a Bears game. Instead of spreading the love around to some of his sports-loving brothers, he has consistently favored and chose his sister to accompany him to these events. The question is, how would you feel if your sibling invited another of your non-sports-crazed siblings to a big game while you, a diehard fan, are forced to sit and watch at home? Shouldn't there be some standard of who you invite to a big sporting event? I will give Steve some credit. I went to the University of Arizona, and he did get me into the Final Four in 2001 when the Wildcats made it to the national championship game. So there is that. Thanks. Phil LePoe. Okay, well, first of all, Phil, we'd love to have you on the pod. Right. That would be our first brother-brother um, combination, And correct? your other brother. Oh, yeah. Brothers. I think all three of you should come um, on. Yeah. I well, think, and maybe the sister, because she could tell us about her experience at the World <laughs> Series game. Anyway. We'll make it a family affair. Yeah, we'll make it a family. I mean, that would be the first. I mean, we had the sisters. Yes. So we had Jolene and uh-huh, Sandra. Uh-huh. But we've never had brothers. Right. I don't think. No. It's Littles, forgive us. It's There's been a lot of you, so. Yeah, that would be really fun. But also, yeah, I, what about that? Well, this kind of just brings up the whole, the one time, I know I've outed myself on the podcast about giving your dad my ticket to the Houston Astros Red Sox playoff right, game, right. the division championship yep. game. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I was concerned because I said to you, I was like, well, I feel, you know, I feel bad. What about your mom? Because your mom's a big Red Sox fan as well. I mean, probably not at the level of your dad. Yeah. But she's a fan. Yeah. She enjoys watching. She enjoys yelling at the guys through the TV. Right. But I was also <laughs> thinking about your brother, too. You yeah. Know, your brother's really big Red Sox fan. So right. I was like, oh, I hope I'm not going to cause no, any problems it was, here. It was a great father-daughter Oh, it experience. was. It turned out great. And it mm -hmm. was. I'm glad it happened. But yeah, we, we got beers in the Green Monster before the game, the bar that's like built into it. It was really fun. But Littles, what say you? I mean, how do you pick to a huge sporting event? Like you said, the mom, we understand. Well, it but. also seems like he chose, he consistently chose the sister right. over everyone else. So, yeah, I would agree. Maybe spread the wealth a little bit. Yeah, And Steve, um, you might have to come on sooner but, than later for five mediocre minutes because we're going to want answers. So. But maybe, it, maybe he was taking it as an opportunity to bond with his sister. Maybe, I don't know what the family dynamic Are you, is. Are getting into psych... <laughs> <laughs> Roxy, the psychologist here. Maybe there's some problems between the brother and sister, and he needed to like have like extra mend time. mend the fences. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe there was something or... going on between the mom and the daughter, so he wanted to get them together at a happy. <sighs> I don't know. Oh like, my gosh, we're creating such a story I right know, now. Right? Yeah, we know none of this. <laughs> we're definitely not psychologists, as we know. My background in my college psychology classes. Yep. Didn't do so well there. Nope. But all right, uh, let's get out of here, Roxy, before we cause any more problems <laughs> for this wonderful family. But thank you, Phil, for the email and. We'll We'll have to get you on the podcast sometime. That yeah. could be fun. All right, Roxy, let's get to it because it's now time to meet the Littles. It's the Loyal Littles podcast in your ear on the WTFC podcast network. Here's Chuck and Roxy. This episode by a band called Self Help, and this song is called Lights. And this was submitted by band member Matt Gutting. Now, if you like what you hear, you can reach out to Self Help on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, it's at S, the number four, LF Help. See what they did there? That's at S, the number four, LF H E L P. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com backslash. S, the number four, LF, help. The same thing there. And as always, we'll play the full song, Lights, at the end of the podcast. All right, all you loyal Littles, it's now time to meet the Littles. And Roxy, ready for a fun one? Ready. All right. Please welcome to the podcast, Jonathan Conrad. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? Hello, everybody. How are you? Oh, we're great. Now, yeah. 
Now, Littles, we've told this story a bazillion times, but we get to know each other off air a little bit before we hit record. And I finally had to cut us off. And I'm like, hey, let's just hit record here because Jonathan, you were telling us all about your kitties. And Roxy was going to town here. It's like, <laughs> she's loving it. But I know you're pretty much a newcomer to the podcast. So we appreciate that. But in tradition, we just turn it over to you. And if you want to take a second, introduce yourself to all the loyal Littles out there. Sure. Okay. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jonathan Conrad. I am a Lutheran pastor at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Wilmington, North Carolina. I guess my claim to fame for many of the uh, sycophants out there is that I've had a couple of my emails read on air, and I've always got a thrill out of that. And I have been a pastor almost 20 years, but before that, I was in radio for about 10 years, starting in college. And I became a loyal little back in the summer of 1999 when I started seminary. And I love sports because that's what got me into radio. And I love Tony Kornheiser from his sports reporters time. And I happened to come across his radio show on ESPN. And I have been a fan of Tony ever since, of, of all the gang. You know, it's so funny. That- it wasn't on the foreign littles, the whole radio thing. But when I heard your voice, I was like, wow, he's got a great voice. Yeah. Like, so take us back. Where did you grow up and where did you go to school and all that stuff? Sure. I grew up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I did my undergrad at the North Carolina State University. Good for you. All it right. really doesn't have the same pop. It doesn't have the same pop as the Ohio State, but I just know so many of my friends who went to state universities they've always tried to put the d in front oh i, I and so everyone's do, i love it i love it. high schools are it doing was it. always one of my pet peeves when you would hear ohio state people say no it's the ohio state and it's like well why <laughs> well, why we why is it you recently. and not everyone else Did carla you know? Carl, yeah she told us the story actually yeah yeah it had to do with the other ohio university right so it was how they distinguished between those two but then it kind of caught on as a thing right and uh just it's so funny it so annoys her so much <laughs> and she loves it especially like because nowadays when they're the football teams are introducing themselves some of them go right from high school yeah you know there's no college involved so right. like the ichabod crane high school right you know? it's like, okay i can't remember who it was but someone mentioned their middle school during one of those oh, interviews. really and I, you know, and I'm like, well, that is just amazing that he was probably six foot eight, 300 pounds when right. he was in sixth grade. That's just, that's a prodigy. Yep. Okay, well, now we have to find some, well, or they could just be doing it as a shout out. You know what I mean? So right. now we need someone's yeah, elementary right. school. Right, I right. think that would be hilarious. <laughs> so sadly, that's just most of my life was right there. So I went to NC State and then I work in radio, mostly doing AM sports news, sports talk show. I did a weekly trading post show, which was cool. I then took a break, I actually worked for Barnes and Noble because I love books and then got back into radio. And then I went to seminary in 99. And four years later, I served a parish up in Southeast PA, right outside of Philadelphia and mm. spent a year in Arizona. And then I've been back here in North Carolina since oh, 09. Of my math is correct. So you were not too far away from us, actually. Now, well, let me go back. What did you sure. study in college? Were you a broadcasting degree or? Yeah, I actually started. I went to NC State to get a major in chemistry. Oh. However, <laughs> okay. however, <laughs> the C's and the D's I was getting kind of told me I needed to find something else to do. And right. so my mom referred to how I love sports, especially my favorite book of all time was the 1980 NFL record guide, the weekly, excuse me, the yearly book they come out with all the scores and all the histories and all the standings. And so that's what got me into learning about radio and NC State had a really good program. So mm-hmm. I learned 
radio production, TV production, script writing. And so it just kind of fit in. And also, uh, kids, for the kids out there, never, ever, ever take calculus, physics, and also chemistry all in the same semester. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, wow. yeah, and see, I had no idea what I was doing. And <laughs> the grades point that out. And my teacher said, you know, you really have no idea what you're saying. And I said, well, with all due respect, of course, they were saying this, but I got into radio in that time. I was working at home at a small AM station, just learning how to run the board and everything. And then when I graduated, I went back there, work, and then went to the the big AM station in my town for those three years. And that was just really cool. And it was a partnership. We were on the AM side and we had two FM stations, a rock station and a country station. So you got to meet a lot of really cool people, a lot of cool personalities on air and off air. So whenever Tony and the guys talk about their time at TEM or other radio stations, it just brings a, it warms the cockles of my heart, if I can say that on the podcast. <laughs> and so I, I know where they're coming from. And But that was my passion. And then things shifted, of course, going into, into ministry. But I mean, I still love the same things I do. And, and you cannot answer this if you don't want to, but I'm genuinely curious because of a personal experience with me myself. How old were you when you decided to go from radio to ministry? Was there a certain event in your life that steered you that direction, or did you always just have an interest in it? Oh, no. Actually, it, I was kind of a late bloomer. I come from a long line of Lutheran pastors. We joked that I was, I'm going into the family business. My, ah, my okay. father was a pastor. <laughs> uncles, my grandfather was a pastor, and also what they call a, the president back then, but they call it the bishop now of the state senate. But my dad never pressured me. He was always proud. He always listened to every show I did, and I always come home, and I say, oh, so you're the uh, one listener I have, so I, I appreciate it. We understand so, that feeling, uh, by the way. Just to say, no. <laughs> That's right. That's right. By the way, after this airs, you may start having Neil Young complain that if you don't <laughs> take this off the air, he's leaving Apple. Yeah. Right, right. For me, it was just a culmination of things because when I was working in radio and even before then, I was kind of the friend that people would turn to, not for advice, but just to talk or mm -hmm. someone to listen to them. And when you're in radio, you are a very captive audience because when you're in the studio and people come in, they say, well, Christy broke up with me again last night. And you're just like, oh, Lord, here we go. And I can't move because, you know, you're on the air. So you just have to sit right. there. You learn how to listen to people. But I just always wanted to make people feel included in everything. Mm -hmm. And as it happened, I was working at a radio station in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I just felt like there was something else that I could do out there. It was my mom who suggested it, like going into ministry. And I had never really thought about it before. And I was at a friend of mine's church service. I can't remember the, the basis, but he was a Baptist. And I went to his church for a service, and I just sat there. And I said, I wonder what it would be like to be called Pastor John. <laughs> and the light just came on. And it was like everything made sense. It was almost like in the sixth sense when Bruce Willis finally connects all the dots. It right. was just like this slow M. Night Shyamalan music. And you're like, oh, my God, you know, like that. And <laughs> So that's what came to it. So it was just kind of for me, a, just, oh, it makes sense to do this. Yeah. And so I made the transition. And actually, but over this uh, pandemic, it's proven to be very helpful that I had those skills that I learned because for the first uh, year or so, we taped and produced our weekly services. Mm -hmm. And I was oh, the one who did all right. the editing. So it was good to have that skill sure. for us to do. And so I had a lot of fun doing that, although I did miss the old keyboards and the old uh, pods that I used to use sure. back in radio. Well, and also, you must have missed being in front of actual people 
as opposed to now were you by yourself doing the sermons or well yeah what we did is at the first couple weeks and we never missed a sunday but the first couple weeks we started just facebook live just me yapping Uh, Mm -hmm. and then i started a daily like little god's minute my dad at one time did a little god's minute radio show for the same station i worked at when i was in college and so uh, i did it kind of as an honor of him but people wanted to stay connected so I started doing a video type of devotional every day. My associate pastor, he started doing a, a written devotion. So we just kind of kept the flow going. And then for Sundays, what we graduated from and involved from me just being there and doing a quick little sermon or sermonette and a little service, we started bringing the others in and then we would tape the different parts of the service and then uh, we would just put them all together. And it together. Oh, oh, that's clever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so that's what we did. We also started doing drive-through communion every week so people could come and, oh. and get communion yeah. for $5. No, just kidding. No. That was, it was all free. You get fries with that? No, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember the first time uh, just a friend of mine just wanted to call and say, yeah, can I make a takeout order? I'm like, will you just shut up? <laughs> so it's always been friendly with us, but Gotcha. So we and then we actually got a chance to start live streaming the services. So we mm-hmm. finally were able to put the tape to bed. Our last tape service that we put together was for Christmas of 2020. And since then, we've just been doing live every weekend on live stream and also meeting in person. We were at that point that we could start meeting sure. again with right. some safety requirements. But it was good to know that all those tricks that I learned really could come in handy. It also was a good way. I stopped doing the daily devotional. I I did a Monday through Friday thing for about 18 months, but I finally felt, you know, let me stop now before I start struggling. Let me just stop it here. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious. Now, I mean, that must have been fun for you, actually, probably. I mean, you were basically creating like your own TV show. I know that's stretching a little bit. Yes. But that's kind of what it was like, I'm sure. I mean, wasn't that a little, weren't you a little bummed that you stopped? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was a lot of work and you were like, no, I was happy when I didn't have to do it anymore. But Well, it was extra work at times. But I never felt like, oh, man, I I have to do this. I I, I had the attitude like, man, I get to do this. This is something I get to do. And that helped. And it was always, I know that it was going to reach somebody. But mm-hmm. I like to joke that when I stopped doing it in fall, guess how many people asked what happened to my show? Oh, no. <laughs> one person. One person. No. <laughs> that one person. I, I knew I wasn't going to get people like, what What happened to the show? Like that. I right. just, found it, just found it funny. But luckily, no one has said, wait a minute, you had a show this whole time? Like, oh, well, that's God, good. People. No, yeah. that would have blown the gasket. But it just came to a point where I don't miss doing it. But I also know that maybe next Advent, I could put something together and not this upcoming Lent, but next Lent. And you guys probably know this in in trying to make schedules and working on the podcast is you want to get things done early so that you can work at it and you're not under the pressure of a deadline. So (laughs) there there are ways it'll come back. But right now, I'm just happy with where we are. And it is like a TV show. And we, we do have to do the mic checks and to make sure that the sound is good and not only for the people that are in the sanctuary, but watching through the live stream Mm -hmm. because we are learning that it's different audio. And so we have to make sure that people can listen all the way around. Sure. Right. Yeah. That's one of, I don't want to say the pandemic was good because it, it's not, but 
one of the good things that came out of it for so many fields that people were working in is like you learn to adapt yeah, and be you creative. you learn to get creative. You learn to, okay, well, if I can't do it this way, how can I do what I'm doing a different way to still reach an audience to still whatever it is in yeah. life that you do. And I think it's, it was a really good chance for all of us to take a step back and say, okay, how can I make this work? And then we did it. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you, Roxy. And, and one of the things that helped us is that we went from a why congregation to a how congregation. So mm-hmm. instead of people going, why are we doing this? People are saying, how can we do it? That's or how wonderful. Can I help? Yeah. And so we had a lot of support and it was really cool because people stepped up. We had new people come and help and mm-hmm. other people who had been helpers before. We found ways that they could stay involved. And also the biggest thing was to try to find connections with people because that was probably the biggest thing that we lost over the last couple of years. And yeah. I think that's also when, when I check on Facebook or people talk about the show, it's that we all have felt this sense of loss sure. over the last two years. And it's hard to recover from that and do the best you can. So yeah, we say, guys, we're going to do this and we've got the people that want to do this. So let's do the best that we can. We're not professionals at this. Let's just do the best we can. And to know that we were at a much better place than we started with. And I'm happy about that. Yeah. Oh, totally. That's awesome. All right. Well, listen, Jonathan, you can stick around, right? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, I got some time. Oh, great. Because we're going to take a quick break and we got lots more to get into because I have another specific question. Hopefully you'll be willing to answer it. So we'll find out in a second. <laughs> yeah. We'll be cool. right back with Meet the Littles. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And we are here with Jonathan Conrad. Very fortunate to have him here. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to some of our fun, dumb questions, rest assured. But we have some <laughs> things to, I don't want to say clarify, but I'm genuinely curious because I have a personal, semi-personal story with this. You don't have to tell us, but I'm curious, how old were you when you decided to make the switch from radio to ministry? I was 27. 27. Okay, so that was still fairly early on. And mm-hmm. what was that transition like? Was it because your family all did it that it was very easy for you to go through the studies that you had to do? Oh, gosh, no. It was a very hard process. When I decided, excuse me, I, now this was beaten into me by my seminary school. So okay. when the Holy Spirit led me to seminary, it was a process of applying and doing interviews with what they call the a call committee or candidacy committee to see if you really are up mentally for what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's kind of grueling, but I'm, I'm looking back, I'm grateful that I went through it because there was an assumption that I was doing this because I couldn't do anything else. And after a while, I realized, well, that's not true. I'm good at what I do. So it was just kind of like building my own identity. Mm-hmm. But the only way to do that was just to go through the ups and downs. And so what they would do is they give you a, an interview before you start, and then they would interview during your time during the four years. And then in your third year, you actually go on a year-long internship. And I happened to go all the way to Jackson, Mississippi, where I had a wonderful time and learned a lot. And they would come out and interview me just to give an evaluation. And then you would have your big final, let's say, the big final exam your last year at seminary, like that fall. Mm -hmm. And once you pass that, it kind of works like sports. Then you go into kind of a draft. You find out first what synod you're going to be in. Like my North Carolina synod, it's its own synod. 
but others like up in the Northeast. And so you say, well, you've been drafted to the Northeast region of your denomination, and then you interview with some of the bishops, and then you're drafted to Southeast PA. Mm -hmm. So it kind of works just like they do in sports. So, and that process takes several months, and then you just start interviewing with churches. And that's, so it's not an easy process, but I think it's very intentional over time. So it's not just, okay, I'm ready to do this after I know where all the books in the Bible are. It's a little bit more in depth than that, which is good. Yeah. And you also went out to Arizona, you said? Yes. My wife, who I definitely married up, okay? (laughs) Join the club, sir. Join the club. (laughs) Exactly. So she was getting her doctorate in clinical psychology. And just like me, she had to do a year internship. And unlike me, where I could have told the Senate, like, hey, I am really restricted. I got to stay close to home. I said, I'll go anywhere. In her process, they're like, okay, we're going to send you somewhere after you do all these interviews. And so she did about 11 interviews and ended up in Tucson, Arizona. And so we were there for the year so she could earn her doctorate. And I was able to serve a couple of churches in Tucson and also in Phoenix. So I we fell in love with Arizona. Mm. That was just, a, it was like a second honeymoon for us. Yeah. Nice. An adventure. And it was so beautiful and a wonderful time. And so that's why we were over there. And so now she's fully doctored up and uh, could not be more proud of her. And then we came back here because she's from the Michigan area. So we were like, oh. well, let's be close to home, either her side of the family or my side of the right. family. And just so happened that we came back to North Carolina. And forgive me for not knowing the answer to this, but now can you get transferred at any time or placed in another church somewhere? Well, normally, no, not in our denomination. Like, I'm very happy where I'm at. Sure. But they always, sometimes they send it, will say, are you interested in talking to another church? Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So they they don't place you, but sometimes people are like, you know, let me just, let me talk to see what happens. Yeah, sure. I mean, like a free agent. Right? Yeah, okay. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and it's kind of like, yeah, I, I have the same agent that uh, Brian Kelly. Has, right. So I, <laughs> <laughs> Is there any place that you would talk unless your wife's going to hear this? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I think that since we thought that probably the only places we would go to is like go back to Arizona or maybe Colorado. Mm-hmm. But we also know that if we went back to Arizona, we'd have to get over that fact that we we're going back to the way it was when we were there. I mean, we, we're married now, we've got cats, we've got kids, so it's a totally different type oh, right. of environment. Yeah, sure. sure. So sure. that kind of helps. And we also like the idea that we can always travel to Arizona. We've got some really close friends out there mm-hmm. and family, and then we can come back. Right. Sure. And yeah. so that helped a lot. But really, I even through all the pandemic, I haven't like looked elsewhere. I felt like I'm comfortable here. I'm happy here. You're so, home. But it's something that my dad did. I mean, my dad did this every year. There's something on the report that we give to the Senate that said, would you be open to a call? And he always put yes, just because he didn't want to deny the, the spirit. Sure. And I do that too. But I also, there's a point that you can say, I am in no rush to leave. I right. do not want to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm just being open to it. Sure. And so that's how it works, too. Yeah. So you have the feelers out there. But that's one of the good things about us is that if something doesn't go right, there are ways that a congregation or the pastor can say, let's end this on a good note yeah. and, and move on. Well, I can tell you, I know it affects many people because I remember my parents with their church, they went through it a couple times where they, you know, you fall in love with a certain pastor and 
it's like family and then they mm-hmm. get placed yeah. somewhere else and it's just it's mm-hmm. it's, it's crushing to... it's absolutely crushing yeah i remember jolene wojcik yeah. actually told us a, a similar story mm-hmm. now it's different with the catholic church or whatever but you know the same kind of deal where they get this calling or they get assigned somewhere and they have to go yep it's yep very interesting mm-hmm. well thank you for opening up I appreciate that. I want to get back to the TK stuff. Now, you said you had a couple emails read. Had, did you ever, you're on the East Coast. Did you ever make it up to Chatter or a Jingle Fest or something like that? Yeah, I went to Chatter. I was able to go. I was up in that area and I had a chance to have a late dinner just at the bar by myself. Gotcha. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> but, did you ever, uh, so no, you didn't get was, to see a podcast taping or anything like that? I got to be near the, the room where they did the taping. The room where it happens. Podcast. I gotcha. Yes. <laughs> Where the magic happens, the security guard was really nice and said, please get away from the window. (laughs) Whatever, dude. (laughs) You're like, I know Tony. Persecution, like, sir, just get away. I'm like, okay, all right. (laughs) Just one thing about Chatter, when they had to close, I think all of us felt a bit of that heartbreak, too. Sure. I wanted to see it succeed, but opening a restaurant is not easy. Never. I wish I had been able to get to a couple jingle fests, but yeah. it was easier when I was up in Southeast PA, like to sure. trek down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just yep. couldn't do it in North Carolina. All right. Well, if listen, Jonathan, we're almost out of time, but we can't get away with no fun, dumb questions because that's our thing. If that's okay. Oh yeah. I'm all about dumb. You go right ahead. <laughs> all right, Roxy, what do we got? All right. If you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would you be? Oh gosh. I'm going to go with Godzilla go from on. the NBC cartoon. Uh-huh. That came out like in the 80s because I was always mystified at how they could just press this little button uh-huh. and Godzilla would always rise out of the water. Out of the water, no matter right. Where. And you're like, isn't that water like five feet deep? No, here comes Godzilla. Right. So I think I just would like that <laughs> idea of just walking around, just, you know, he can't fit in here. Ah, here I am. So nice. right. I'll go with Godzilla from the 80s. All right. Love it. That's good. <laughs> What's one hidden talent that not many people know about? The cello. Oh. oh, okay. I'm listening. How did that yeah. start? I started in violin when I was in elementary school and then in middle school. We didn't have any cello players. And so they recruited us and I was the big dummy who said, yeah, I'll do it. And I've been playing cello ever since. And I stopped playing regularly right after college, but I have played at church services since then. And oh. this is a great story. I had one of our youth who's a wonderful violinist. She and I were playing duet for the 11 o'clock a.m. service. It was Pachelbel's Canon. Mm. And with just about 10 measures left, one of my strings popped. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And we were just looking at each other, and everybody in the congregation's looking. And we're like, well, we're just going to end there. Uh, (laughs) Oh, no. Go with it. it. But that was, it was always good to be able to play when I can. And actually, I have a, friend of mine who's one of our musicians who's gonna get all these new strings on it although i'm kind of hoping to get a like one of those fancy electric cellos because they're easier to carry around right right yeah we'll see oh that's great cool if you could have dinner with anyone from history who would it be wow there's so many people but i think i would like to have dinner with bono oh okay yeah, I've always liked his style, and I've heard he cusses like a sailor, too. So I thought I'd just sit there and just let him just F-bomb everybody. i just sit there going, that's nice. Yeah, that's outstanding. <laughs> you know, we can work on that big new hit called Two, the sequel to One. Right, yeah. Things right. like that. So I would, Excellent. Yeah. That's amazing. All right, what would you do if you were invisible for a day? Well, 
have I mentioned my crush on Gal Gadot? No, just kidding. Uh, I'm not kidding. No, you uh, have. We're if, listening. If I were, you know what? Actually, if I were invisible for a day, if I didn't think I would end up being killed, I would love to like be in the gorilla, the silverback place at the zoo uh, in Asheboro, which is up the ways in the middle of the states. It's the biggest zoo in the state. Uh-huh. And just kind of, I just would want to sit there all day and just watch them. Yeah. And just pray to God that they don't smell me and like, hey, you guys smell something? And then, you know, start ripping right. me to shred, shreds or something. Yeah, because we've established it doesn't come with anything else like flying and things like that. Right, right. <laughs> right, yeah. right. That's yeah. right, yeah. And luckily, animals never attack us. So it's good. It's always good. Right, right. Uh, would you rather win an Olympic medal, an Academy Award, or the Nobel Peace Prize? I think I would like to have the Academy Award. Mm. And I just think it, it's so cool that for that moment, maybe the, everybody in your in your business is listening and watching you. Yeah. And maybe hating you at the same time. But <laughs> right. True. Also hoping that this is your one time to either say something really profound or something very stupid or just say, I really appreciate it and I love what I do. Yeah. And then look at Halle Berry and go, hey, girl, call me. You know, <laughs> run off the stage before she can. Absolutely. Amazing. <laughs> All right. Now, I'm going to say this wrong now because we were corrected recently. Oh, I know. If you could time travel, when, when would you go? When would you go? So we always said, where would you go? But I guess right. technically it's when. when. So. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To be fun, I would. Oh, oh, oh. When I would go is around 1963, New York City, and I would love to work with Stan Lee and Jack Kirby oh. and just kind of watch the magic happen as they start making comic books of wow. the Marvel Universe. Because I'm, I'm a big comic book fan, too, Marvel and DC and all things in between. But there's just something about being there and watching that happen and be there. That would be really cool. All right. Well, we have to have a follow-up then. We Again, Littles, not sure. on the form. Sure. That was not yeah. on the form. Uh, no, this is great because we've recently in a couple episodes said how we've never seen one of these Marvel or what's the other one? DC. DC, DC yeah. DC, we've right. never seen any yeah. of these movies and we've gotten yeah. a few suggestions. What's your favorite? Especially Gosh, for like well, a newbie, I've... like someone who's never seen one before. Okay. All right. Shoot. I think you guys would like... Now, can we pause for a second, actually? Just so you know, yeah. Sully from Boston will be judging you here. So keep that in <laughs> okay. mind. Because he's written to us privately saying, you must confirm with me before you watch said right. movie, because right. he's got some opinions. So go ahead, though. Go ahead. My favorite was Avengers Endgame, because it was the culmination of this decade of story and how things were connected. And to me... And that feeling I had when I was in the theater with everybody else, mm -hmm. when things were happening and when the excitement built and when you knew that, oh, wow, this is happening. This is happening. You know, people are like, this is happening. <laughs> and it was the best feeling I've ever had in theater before. Oh, nice. So, but I would say, see, I love Spider-Man. That's always my favorite. Uh -huh. So I actually would suggest, and, and I don't know if Sully would approve of this, the recent Spider-Man movies, the homecoming oh. far from home and no way home i haven't watched no way home yet we're waiting out a little bit longer post pandemic to go but i would go with those three okay uh, as a start and i then uh, i think a good one would start would be uh the first captain america movie because i think chris evans is just a natural to yeah. it and mm. captain marvel He's so yeah great. i would say the spider movies Captain Marvel and and Captain America as your start off. Okay. I do have a confession to make. I did see that original 
Spider-Man movie. The guy, yes. from, he was in Seabiscuit. What's his name? Yeah, yeah, the Sam Raimi uh, with Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire, yes. And I did yeah. enjoy that. Now, I didn't see the sequels. Mm-hmm. I didn't bother because mm-hmm. I'm not really into it. I've said that before on the podcast, but I did. I, I forgot about that. I did see that first Spider-Man movie, and I did enjoy it. So maybe I would like it. I don't know, Roxy. Well, yeah. in the Sam Raimi trilogy, I would definitely suggest number two. Oh, okay. That was probably even better than the first one. Because back then, too, they had to spend a lot of time, of course. The first movie is always about the origin. And when you get to the second movie, you don't have to worry about the origin. You can just get right into it. And so I think that even though I thought Sam Raimi did a wonderful job and the cast did a wonderful job of setting up the pieces, that second movie was great. And I think the third movie, I believe Sam Raimi was starting to get a lot of pushback from the studio and creative. And he's kind of like, look, I'm just going to get this done and whatever. But I think that I would suggest Spider-Man 2. And actually, I would say that's a good date movie for you, too. Okay. Well, we don't Good do that know. anymore. We're married. So, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jonathan, unfortunately, we're, we're out of time. This has been fantastic, though. Now, is there anything we can plug for you? Uh, you're on Twitter and all that stuff, right? How can we find you? Yeah. My Twitter handle, as the kids say, <laughs> is PJ Conrad. And that's my Instagram handle as well. And my church is St. Paul's Lutheran in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can find us on YouTube, and also on Facebook under those names, and uh, check out our services or just check out me preaching. I always say if you have trouble sleeping at night, go listen to me preach, and you'll be asleep in no time. So (laughs) uh, try it out. And also that's where you can find a lot of the God's Minutes that I did. And so, yeah, that's all the product I can tell you about. Oh, that's great. And we'll make sure we put that in the show notes for you. All right. Well, thanks again for coming on the Loyal Littles podcast. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Almost definitely over. Okay, you said I mean, almost. That's, bibli- that's biblical. <laughs> it's over. Okay, well, you did it's say over. almost. I think he said, oh, it's almost. I meant, oh, it's over always. I got yeah. you. Okay, yeah. thanks for clarifying because, well, you know, <laughs> just want to make sure. Yeah, listen, in the second hour, do we get to talk about soccer? <laughs> no, just golf. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> so, Jonathan, this is so, it's been so great meeting you. We really appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Sure, guys, I'm going to be listening to you guys and supporting you every way I can. Thank oh, you so thank much. You. Thank you so much. We really appreciate the time. All right, all you loyal listeners, we'll be right back. This is Lee Gordon, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Friday five, Friday five, oh, Friday, Friday five, Friday five, Friday five, Friday five, Friday five, oh, Friday, Friday five, Friday five. Now it's time for Friday five, tell you why. Because it's Friday and it's time to jive. And when a little tells us in advance, then we actually stand a chance. It's time for the Friday Five, Friday Five, oh, Friday, Friday Five, the Friday Five, Friday Five, oh, Friday, Friday Five, the Friday Five, Friday Five, oh, Friday, Friday Five, Friday Five. Wow, haven't heard that one in a while, Roxy. Sully. Roxy likes the song. How do you like them apples? Roxy likes the song, so we play the song. I think it's adorable. 
You know, it's it, it's it's all right. It's not our <laughs> best jingle. Well, I don't, it might be. I don't know. Anyway, let's get to the Friday Five. This is from Betsy Jaffe, right? Yes. Rhymes with Taffy. Yes. All right. Number one, the all-important sports segment. What is the most unusual place you've watched the Super Bowl? If you don't watch the big game, feel free to substitute another sports championship game. You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Right. I don't think I have one. I'm going to call myself out. <laughs> okay. Hopefully I don't get fired. <laughs> I'm going to say from the booth of the off-Broadway production of <laughs> Perfect Crime. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I might have had it on my laptop a couple times here you and got there. got the game on one laptop, editing on the other laptop. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we do a show on Super Bowl Sunday. It's the same thing with the Oscars and the Tony Awards don't and all that know? stuff. Don't they know? Look, you know, here's the thing. We get people, we get crowds because there are people that don't, don't. want to go watch right. the Super Bowl or right. obviously go, but I mean, even watch the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So there, that's a prime time for Broadway sometimes to get good seats because mm-hmm. there's a, most people are watching the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Yeah. So yeah. So I don't know, but that would probably be, I'm trying to think if I ever did it in an orchestra pit somewhere. Probably. Probably. I'm not yeah. sure. So anyway, actually, I just I just thought of one. Okay, 2013, we were on tour with White Christmas, and I think it was the last game of the World Series. We happened to take a break. Oh yeah, and we were in I think the stage manager's office or the company manager's office. I think it was the security. Oh, you're right. The stage door security guy. Yep, stage had it door on. security guy had it on, and we ran in there and watched the end. Oh yeah, I even posted thank you, Actors Equity, for taking making us take our mandated ten minute break, 10 minute break yeah. at that specific time, so we right. could f- watch the final. Right. So I guess know. that was the most unusual place yeah. that I've seen a championship yep. game. All right, here we go. Number two, you're forming a band. What is it called? Ooh. I mean, I'll go. I'm going to refer to, I think it was like five or 10 episodes ago when I, I forget who we were talking to about this, but I said when I was growing up, it was going to be Young Blood, which <laughs> have said we shouldn't because there is a group called the Young Bloods, apparently, yeah, which that I would forgot be about. They were one hit wonder, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then, but I also said the what instead of the who. <laughs> the what? I don't know. I thought it was clever. I don't think I have one. You don't have one? I don't know. Well, what was it? Remember when the Rockets had a bowling team? What were you called? The Strikettes. Oh, the Strikettes. Yeah, yeah that's not going to You I, wanted. Some. I wanted the Radio City Rollers. Yeah. Now, I think that's clever because I was going off the Bay City Rollers. Right. And that would be that would be great for bowling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought. But anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Number three. Name a favorite band that disappointed you when you finally heard them play live. All right. I mean, that. I feel like that happens a lot. Well, I'm about to out myself here it's mainly because i'm usually working but i have not seen many bands live yeah i've not seen many concerts now ironically i've seen ario speedwagon i want to say two or three times Mm -hmm. which i think is hilarious Mm -hmm. but it was just perchance i mean one time was that city field when they do that summer series concert after the ball game so you go to see the ball game and then you're already there you're gonna stick around of course but i did see them in high school my first band i ever saw not really banned. I saw Phil Collins, which was amazing. He played for over three hours. So mm-hmm. I can't. Billy Joel. I saw the Stormfront tour. And that's it. I think those are the only three bands I've ever seen live. Yeah. I've heard, however, Cars. Do you remember the Cars? Cars. You've never heard of the Cars? Oh, dear. All right. <laughs> I've got some work to do here, Littles. Sorry. Yeah. There's a band called The Cars. They were great. Okay. Uh, I know you've heard some I'm of their sure songs. I've heard, some, heard some of their, their stuff. Yeah. For sure. Anyway, I just remember I'm um, going back to when I was like in grade school, high school, that my sister's friend would go see all these concerts. And mm-hmm. I was always just so like in awe. I'm like, wait, you saw them in person, you yeah. know, kind of thing. And I remember one story where she told us that the car specifically, they just weren't that great in person. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's all the auto tune and all that stuff yeah. that they get to have in the recording studio. I was trying to think of even a Broadway show where like I heard the soundtrack first and then mm-hmm. I went to see the show live mm-hmm. and I was like, eh, mm-hmm. but I can't off the top of my head. I can't think of anything. So I mean, I'm, I've definitely noticed differences, but not necessarily in a bad have way. Have you seen a lot of concerts? Uh, no, I've seen Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop live. <laughs> that was my first concert. Were you disappointed, Roxy? <laughs> not at all. It was not. a blast. <laughs> Littles, you're going to laugh hysterically. I saw Nora Jones in concert, which my brother would always call her Snora Jones, <laughs> but I loved her music. I saw Clay Aiken uh, Christmas oh. live <laughs> and Josh Groban live and they were all good right yeah oh and my mom and i went to see michael buble he is fantastic in concert yeah so this is complete opposite of answering the question but he is an excellent live entertainer you saw him at the garden right the yes garden. the garden well, no no you saw him at the garden the garden not the garden he's hilarious first of all and he's just he knows how to put on a great show yeah his stories his music yeah anyway so those are the only concerts i've been to so and they all really sounded great so i haven't had yet. that experience but i have heard of people saying yeah oh yeah all the time yeah okay number four old guy radio what song always brings a smile to your face and why do you want me to go first because i'm going to wrap this up with something else yeah i'm going to wrap this up with our co-host who didn't come on the podcast but wanted to have his voice heard and that is tiny chuck who wrote in and said my vote for tv song dukes of hazard and chips okay Mm -hmm. so those are his favorite theme songs but Mm -hmm. You'll see where I'm going in a second because Chuck here pulled out, he had a couple CDs of TV theme songs from the 50s and 60s and 70s Ah. and 80s. I had a blast. It's like ridiculous. I was up all night listening to some of these. (laughs) But one that I hadn't heard from anybody, Happy Days. Happy Days was good. Happy Days was great. Yeah. I mean, how can you not? And um, that's going to be my answer. The song that always brings a smile to my face. When that comes on, you're just like, oh, you know, and you just start singing along and sometimes you start dancing Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And that's Mm -hmm. what made me think about it, tying it with the TV theme songs that we've been talking about a lot lately. Sure. And yeah, so that's mine. What's yours? Gosh, there are so many off the top of my head. The one that makes me want to always get up and dance and sing my face off is, I mean, Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. Oh, yeah. Wow. Whitney. Um, Hello. I mean, that's just always, always a good choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, there are so many. I Yeah, there's time. I, I don't listen to music that doesn't put a smile on my face, mm-hmm. typically, because why would I want to listen to something that puts well, a frown on get, my face? Well, not, not a frown, but emotionally <laughs> it drains you. I mean, oh, I've done that. I mean, yeah. You, know, you listen to like, I'm trying to think of Broadway shows like Miss Saigon and stuff oh, like I that. Oh, I guess it for me it would be... Mostly um, drains you, but it's in a good way. You know, not to make you sad, but they just, it does. Yeah, I guess for me, for Broadway, it would be what I did for love. I hear that song and I cry. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, yeah. Anyway, number five, name a favorite hot take you have had. Why are you proud of it? I've already said mine on the podcast. I couldn't think. I was trying to think of a different one. As I said, I don't want to go into because I've I've talked about it. Jeter's Mm -hmm. 3000th called the home run. Mm -hmm. That was an easy one in my opinion. But then I did, and I only have one person can confirm this, that I called the onside kick (laughs) in the Super Bowl when the Saints played the Colts at the start of the second half, I mm-hmm. was just taking a flyer. I jokingly said to my the guy who was rubbing it in my face that the Colts were just embarrassing my Saints. And he's like, and we get the ball back. Top of and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to onside kick and blah, blah. And he even said, he goes, he paused and he went, you know what? Sean Payton's not even that ballsy. Mm. And boom, there it was. Sure enough. So I, I'm saying I called that. I didn't really have much faith in said call, but I did call that. Mm-hmm. And even if it was just to try to save some face. Mm-hmm. I'll try to think of another one, but I, that, those were the two. And I've said them before, so I apologize. Yeah. 
Did you have any? I guess when I first met Chuck. Oh, dear. I thought, "Mm, he's going to be in my life for a while. Oh, you did not. (laughs) Stop it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've called any sports anything. See, I have one that you do all the time. What's that? It's actually one of your biggest pet peeves, I think. (laughs) Oh, no. It's when she graciously sits there and watches PTI with me, and they go to play What's the Word? Oh, that's a good one. She she (laughs) just goes... Wilbon's going to do a hyphenated word. Yep. And there it yep. goes. Comes up on the screen. Yep. <laughs> She's like, you could be like, I believe I had that. Like 98% of the time. Yeah. It, does that make it? St- it's still a word, right? It is. But I feel like that's cheating. Because <laughs> she hates the hyphenated words. Like, there are so many other words that you can use to mean the same thing right. that aren't hyphenated. But I, like, <laughs> it's like her why you got to be hyphenating everything? <laughs> But I also have, I think, every time we watch FBI or even oh. FBI Most Wanted. Now, come on. This is like my... This happens th- maybe 60% of the no, time. more than that, I think. But I'm saying this is my, me calling Jeter the, the home run. I'm like, duh. Opening but. scene, they show somebody in the darkness and I'm like, dead. She's like, they're, they're dead. dead. They're dead. They're gone. They're goners. That's it. Well, Done. that's how the stories always <laughs> open. And then they have to solve the case. But I do. But I, you do. If there's multiple people, she's really good at picking out which one is going to get shot and yeah, die. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, let's face it. If there's a scene with like five people, it could you know, be any of them. It could be all of them. It could, could be, be yeah. one of them, two of them, three of them. Like, she's really good at that. Know. She's like, nope, he's dead or she's dead. I'm like, <laughs> Like, spoiler alert, but she's usually right. I have to give her credit where credit's due. So anyway. All right. That's our Friday Five. Thank you, Betsy Jaffe. Yeah, I'm glad we did those. We haven't done that in a while. We haven't done Friday Five. It's been a couple weeks for Friday Five. Yep. So our apologies to the other people, but we don't always have time to get to them. Yeah, uh, and it depends on when we drop and stuff. Yeah, that's true, too. All right, Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at WTFCpodnet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page page the loyal littles podcast and don't forget to run over to itunes and give us a nice rate and review and then buy some of those great songs that we've been playing all these times yeah check them out they really appreciate it and thank you jonathan conrad once again for coming on to meet the littles we really appreciate that and thank you sean morrissey jolene wojcik and lee gordon for our bumpers this episode all right littles thanks for listening to the loyal littles podcast and have a great weekend and remember if you're out shopping online this evening or whenever or whenever to use the code use it people bye hey girl call me All the time And I need them now And I don't know wrong from
Littles podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah.